HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's January 21st, 2014. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Got a great lineup tonight. It's snowing in New York City. Uh, we, we are out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. Not everyone can make it, but we got Nico Kremitis, uh, one of our favorite beer writers. How are you, Nico? Good. How are you, Jimmy? And great. And uh, our, 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 one of the newest breweries in New York City, we got Matt and Sam from uh, Other Half Brewing. How you doing, right. Jimmy? Welcome to the show. Uh, we're here every Tuesday night, 5 o'clock. You can listen to us on iTunes, and we're sponsored by GreatBrewers.com, so check it out. Hey, so here at Beer Sessions Radio, it's a snowy night. I'm saying that again because I think I, I fell down the stairs today, and it took me <laughs> an hour to drive out here, and uh, not everyone could make it. But, Nico, it's so good to see you, man. I mean, you've written so many good things about beer. You're writing for what? Yankee Brew News. You write for all the edible magazines. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, currently I'm the columnist for Yankee Brew News, uh, columnist for Long Island Pulse, and doing a lot of stuff with uh, with Edible Brooklyn right now as well, which is nice because it's right in uh, you know it's in my neighborhood, so it's good. So you you were one of the first people to really write about uh, Long Island breweries. I remember you had a great article, and and which edible was it? Was it Edible? I think it was Edible East End. Actually, that's the first edible I started writing for. Yeah, and that was you covered like some of the the newer breweries like Great South Bay and. Blind Bat. Uh, what, what else is going on out there now? Have you been to uh, this one, Stony Point, or some other ones? Um, There's a bunch. No. Uh, Oyster Bay opened up recently. Uh, Crooked Ladder in Riverhead opened up, which is attached to a bar. Um, yeah, Long Island's going great. Uh, Rocky Point, that's it. Rocky Point, Rocky yeah. Point. Uh, big ups to Donovan and Mike, uh, two guys that started kind of the home brewers. Uh, group LIBME on Long Island. Uh, they're making great, you know, German beers right now. So, yeah, um, I'm really digging Barrier, for example. Um, I don't know if you guys had Daddy Warbucks, which was their 
beer for uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, One Mile House, which was one of my recent favorites from Long Island. You know that I, I live above One Mile House now? Do you really? It's like my temporary housing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a good bar. Well, cheers to you guys. We've got uh, you know Matt and Sam from Other Half. You guys did a, a nice event at, at Jimmy's number 43 in December. And um, looking forward to trying more of your beers. I know you're uh, – where are you guys available in New York City right now? Uh, we're in a variety of places. Um, in our in our immediate neighborhood, which is Carroll Gardens, we're at uh, BGH. Um, we've been at Owl Farm. Uh, Double Windsor is a big supporter. Glorieta, Baldy, and Crown Heights or Bedsty. Um, Beer Craft. Jimmy's number forty-three. Um, uh, we're doing an event um, at Blind Tiger tomorrow, the Borough Beer Fest. Which is all breweries from the five boroughs. Um, we'll be there with two beers. Uh, Which one's the, the, the IPA and the, and the Cascadian Dark? The Doug. Yeah, that's what everybody's asking about. J- Justin asked where you can get Doug on uh, for growler fills. Do you, do you, are you any places doing that? Uh, at this exact moment, maybe I know Stinky Brooklyn has it. Um, Beercraft has carried it from time to time. Um, is Doug your newest beer? You would say. Uh, they're all new, but yeah, they're <laughs> they're all new. <laughs> that in the in the pale we did with Motueka are probably the most the two most recent. Yes, um, and we're we have a, an imperial stout coming out uh, later this week. Actually, let's go. Let's go backstory. So uh, I'm sure Nico has a lot of questions for you too. So um, tell us how you got started brewing beer, and uh, what led you to uh, opening your own brewery. Uh, I guess I'll start. This is Sam. I've uh, been brewing now for uh, almost 10 and a half, 11 years professionally. And um, I got into it. I got into it the way I think a lot of people do. They have somebody that introduces them to really great craft beer. And you build a passion for it. And you start trying to figure out how you're going to make that into work for yourself. And I happen to live, I'm from uh, Portland, Oregon originally which is obviously one of the best places to be uh, for beer because there's just so many breweries. And I, I just got really, I got really interested at that time. Um, you know, we, had, we, still had, we still had a lot of breweries compared to everywhere else at that point. We had Bridgeport and uh, Portland Brewing and Widmer, um, Rogue. I mean, the list, the list goes on. Um, and some breweries don't exist anymore that made some really great beer. And I just got, I got motivated. I started looking into it a little bit. I was, I got a little bit into home brewing. I was never like the most avid home brewer, but I was doing it and I started looking into how I could get into the industry. And I discovered that Oregon State University and their food science department had fermentation science as one of the options. So I decided to do that. And I've, that's. Sam, how old are you? <laughs> Thirty-seven. Wow, so old. looks like a young guy. So yeah, N- Nico and Sam have the long beards, and Matt and I have like the trim beards. That's right. We look good, but I, I have nothing on Sam. Sam's beard, though, it's 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 pretty normal. It's trimmed back. It so that, that you're, it's it, you're deceptively uh, experienced. I mean, I know how you were at uh, what uh, Greenpoint Brewing Works with uh, Kelly Taylor for how many years when you came to New York? Uh, almost six, and then before that, I worked for Pyramid in Portland 
Um, they just purchased the plant there from Portland Brewing, and they were brewing there. And then before that, I worked for a brew pub chain that was in the Seattle area, and it's called the Ram. Um, so that that goes back. Those are the three places that I've worked. Go when you ahead. first got started, so you, you took a program at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? like what, what did you guys do back then? Yeah, I would say as compared to I think what you can do now when you're when you're at a school that has brewing science, I think it's a little more um, hands-on. Um, when I was there, it was mostly book learning, um, and we covered it wasn't just you know it's fermentation science, so it covered more than just beer. We were doing you know wine, beer, fermented foods, and you know, you cover things like packaging. Um, yeah. You learn about aseptic packaging. You learn about all kinds of things that you probably will never use in a brewing situation, but it it's good. It makes you think, and, you know, it's a good way to learn how to, how to approach the food industry, which is ultimately, you know, beer is part of that, so. Matt, what beer did you just pour for us? We're drinking the uh, collaboration beer that we did with Peekskill called um, <coughs> Nuggy Num Num. Which is uh, kind of a very pale IPA. So you guys are kind of hot shit. I mean, if you're coming in before you even <laughs> open, you've made a beer a beer with Jeff O'Neill at Peekskill. I mean, that's kind of cool. Do you think they're hot shit, Nico? They are hot shit. I agree. Um, what is? I, I like the name of it, by the way. Uh, what's the name stand for? It's it's hop related, right? Yeah, it's uh, made with Nugget, Magnum, and Attainum hops. Um, the Halcyon malt is the base malt for that. And the, the name the name just kind of came, it was a email thread between Jeff and I about what, what we were going to make. And he, he had sent me this email with the names of the hops, like the, you know, the num part of it capitalized for some reason. <laughs> and then we just, we morphed it into Nuggy Num Num after that. Num, num, we num, just num. thought, uh, it's kind of... It's stupid sounding. It's kind of awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. All right, Nico, what do you think about these guys? We, we have the whole show to talk to them because there's so many good stories here. But you know, you've covered so much, like Long Island beer. Now you're you know covering all the new beers in New York City. New York City Beer Week's coming up. There's a lot of buzz around other half. Yeah, I, and I, I think it's definitely warranted. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Nuggy Num Num. I did an assignment in Peak Skill probably about maybe a month ago and uh i had it there and uh it was a great beer and uh i've had the is it green diamonds is that the ipa it's the that's the imperial ipa okay yeah i had that and i had the uh i believe i had the regular ipa as well and the the noses of both are really what caught me um i was definitely drawn to it they were just very vibrant really enjoyed it we like lots of hops (laughs) i mean that's hops are good you know, one thing that's come up, there's been a lot of talk about contract brewing and anti-contract brewing. But I, I, from all those talks, I, I do think that, like many cooks and brewers, you know your kitchen, you know your brew system. So I know you guys, you made beer for a long time with Kelly at, at the, how do you identify? Is it Greenpoint Brewing? It's Greenpoint Beer Works. Yeah, so you work there, so you, you, you know the system. And it is, that's true where you made your first beers, right? Correct. So do, do you think that... It, it, it helps a brewer to be familiar with the system, and being hands-on is, is important as a brewer. Abs- yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Every every brew house has its quirks, and 
to figure them out. And it's easier if you don't have to figure them out <laughs> once you've got it dialed in. Um, so, so what, is, what what are the challenges going to be? So now you're you're so the the beers that we've tasted, we know that you made, you know, you've made in different different breweries, including the bar the, the Peak School Brewery. But when you when you finally get your new brewery open, which is what like a week away. Yeah, so I mean, really, the the story behind it is that we we've been in this we've been trying to get our brewery open since August of 2012, and we're basically paying rent for 13 months. At, uh, and you know, one of the problems with opening a brewery in New York City is that the DOB doesn't really know a lot about opening breweries because there's not that many of them here. So it's it's a really lengthy process. Um, you know, we had to upgrade our, our gas main and all these things. I mean, we've been trying, it took from end of May until just this week for us to actually get a gas meter. And those kind of delays are really hard on a new business. So, um, we got really, really lucky that one, I didn't burn any bridges on the way out of my last job. And then Kelly reached out to us at some point to, um, see if we wanted to brew because he knew we were still, you know, I mean, we'd probably be out of business right now if, if it wasn't for that because we were just getting, everything starts to get really tight. Um, so he, he really saved us and we have a lot to thank him for in terms of uh, keeping us afloat until hopefully, until next week when hopefully we're going to be firing up our brew house because we, we're at that point. What uh, What system do you guys have right now? Or uh, what will you have? We we have a brew house from Global Stainless, which is uh, he's a builder in Oregon. He's in Canby, um, and he's been building wine and wine tanks and brew houses for about forty years. Now, Sam, I know you've been in Brooklyn for a while. How do you how do you see how has Brooklyn changed? I guess since you first started at Greenpoint um, to now, as far as like beer goes. I think that there's more interest all the time in beer. Um, I mean, honestly, there hasn't been there hasn't been a huge change because if you if you look at it, I, I saw. I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but I saw that we're the first brewery to open in Brooklyn in nine years. Wow! Like that's that's a that's a kind of a problem. I mean, do, do you count? I mean, the expanded Brooklyn brewery that doesn't count. Well, they. I mean, it's great that they expanded. I mean, they have a beautiful setup, and you know they make really great beer there, and it's great that they were that they were able to do that. But I'm just talking about new breweries. It'd be nice. I mean, I don't I don't think the more breweries there are is not really a problem for us. I mean, right now, if you look at if you look at draft lines around the city, um, there's a lot of beer that's not from New York City or even New York State being poured, and that's that's fine. There's a reason for that. There's not that many breweries operating here comparatively. So, Jimmy, uh, I actually had a question. I'm sorry. Um, is it hard to kind of divvy up your tap space um, at your bar as far as like what's local and what's not? Well, I mean, for one, at Jimmy's number forty three, I mean, definitely the every few years there's a progression. I mean, when we first opened in two thousand five, I had more European, you know, specialty draft and like some local beers like Six Point. And then it became more just general American craft. But now, I mean, especially since last year's uh, the New York City Beer Week, 
I mean, I am sometimes nine or ten of twelve lines is new all New York or New York City breweries. So um, it's kind of like it's it's always changing, but it definitely it's like I think for draft too, it's like local is better, fresh is better. Um, you know, but you also want to make it interesting for your customers, and and definitely uh, I think for the place that we have at Chimichanga Forty Three, it's that you know people can come in, and every time they come in, there's a different line on tap, and part of that's also freshness, like. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to say that part of draft is, is not necessarily craft. And there's times you, know, you can go to Times Square and you walk into a, a, any type of cafe restaurant and there's, you know, 15 or 20 lines of draft. And it's like, you know, cores and, 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 and you know, other like crafty labels. And you know, that's not what we're, we're about at all. But also I'm, I talk to other bar owners and they're like, people can talk about having, oh, yeah, you can keep a, a, a line on draft for like two months and it'll still be fresh. And I'm like, who does that? <laughs> I mean, we're about ready to say, you know, we, we always move. We never have a keg on for more than one week. And uh, I, I can't see how anybody would want to keep, you know, multiple lines, 20, 30, 40 lines of, of just draft beers and uh, not be moving them. So th- th- there's that issue as well. But that's why the, the, having more local breweries, whether it's New York State, New York Region, you know, in New York City is better because, hey, don't you want to have the freshest, best beer? Like Barrier, for example, makes a great Kolsch, the Icolus Kolsch. And, you know, Kolsch is supposed to be a really fresh beer. When it's coming from, from Germany, I don't care whether, you know, Reisdorf Kolsch is better than, you know, something else, but it's still being, you know, shipped and, and held. So that's really the reason why, it, you, know, it's, you know, it's one thing when you're getting, you know, 750s of eight ten percent beer that that's ageable, but when it comes down to fresh local beer, that's what you want to have on draft, and I think that's what's going to win people over uh, to New York City, and that's why we're really behind New York City Beer Week, because hey, we need more local or you know cartons in in Jersey, and you know somebody's you know peak skills in the Hudson Valley. We need people that are local and close; they don't have to be in New York City, but but we're trying to support that, and that's I think we find more than ever even at Blind Tiger and places. Other good Brazil bars is that while the last couple of years when people come into our bar from another city, they're like, "Oh, what do you have that's that's like a New York beer?" And uh, that that's really been the biggest change for us on, on the retail end. And I'm sorry I'm talking too much, but you know it, it's really like what you guys are doing is important. And you're right, there could be a lot more breweries in New York City. I mean, we've been friends with so many people, uh, you know, Bridge and Tunnel, and you know, Rockaway, and all, there's a lot of new guys making beer. But honestly, it's like it's a hard job. I mean, you know how hard it is to make good beer. Yes. And uh, you guys even came out tonight, <laughs> and this, it's a snowstorm. You came out to, to Bushwick. So cheers to you guys. Hey. Thanks. All right, so thanks for that question, Nico. We're going to take a short break. We're going to take a little break, give a shout-out, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. 
With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. You're listening to Coyote by Brothers NYC on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. And I'll tell you what, respect the Good Beer Seal if, if you're thinking about where to get a good beer in New York City or Jersey City or Long Island. There's a lot of places that have the Good Beer Seal. Go to goodbeerseal.com and learn more about it. All right, we've got Nico Kremitas, uh, one of our favorite New York City beer writers. And Justin Kennedy just joined us, one of our producers and a Savoir.com writer. How's it going, Jimmy? All right. Hey, so uh, we got Sam and Matt from Other Half. What was the question you had from them, Justin? Well, I travel a lot, and I was actually in Arizona this past weekend. I just got back last night. And, you know, I go to beer bars wherever I go, and I always, you know, want local beer, but I notice that a lot of times they don't have local beer, and I get pissed off. But then I'm thinking, you know, why are they obligated to serve local beer? So I just wondered, like, what do you, what do you guys think about, like, a bar's obligation to serve your beer? I, I think the bar's or ob- local beer in general. I, I think the bar's obligation is to serve the beer that they think is the best. Um, but that said, I think the thing that you know we're talking about earlier, I I would like to see you know if you go to San Francisco or you know if you're in Portland, places with well, I guess San Francisco is not a super big community in terms of brewing, but the area is, and same with in Oregon, the bars there are full of beers made locally and. Um, you know, one of the great things about New York is that there's so many bars and there's so much access to so many different things. But I, I like to see a more vibrant local community where you where you can guarantee you're going to go into bars and find more beers. And there's you know, there's just there's there's a lot of good breweries here, and we're just getting to we're, we're kind of at a starting point. Let's ask that. Matt. So, you, so your partner Matt. So Matt, Matt, tell us your full name because we know Sam Richardson. He, he's we've known him for years. And Matt Monahan. And so how did you get involved with Other Half? Um, and how did you start first brewing beer? I was actually introduced to good beer by my wife about 10 years ago. Um, and I've been, uh, I was a professional musician for a while. Was she an ale wife? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Isn't and then that I, funny? Got in, I got into, uh, I got into cooking. Does anyone know history? No. Um, and so I was a chef for, after that. Uh, and I was a chef. I started cooking in 2006 and did that for a while. And uh, we, right before we had our first kid, I decided that probably cooking wasn't going to be very good for my marriage. So uh, I've always loved brewing beer. Um, I home brewed. Um, I learned to do that from a chef I worked for in California. And 
I was working in a restaurant in Brooklyn one day when Kelly Taylor came in selling Kelso beer. And uh, I asked him if he needed any help over at Greenpoint Beer Works. And he always needs help cleaning kegs. So I started to do that in the morning uh, over there with him and cooking at night. And for some reason or another, I decided to do that for three or four months. And uh, just long enough for someone to leave. And I got a job. And I don't think my wife was too psyched about me making $12 an hour, but uh, I always wanted to brew professionally, uh, and so I ended up working for Sam. I will, I will say one thing. Um, Matt was, Matt's a no BS worker. Man, this guy works really hard in the brewery. <laughs> so, Do you guys have a third partner, too, or is it just two of you? Me? We have a third partner who's a, a friend of mine um, that I cooked with for a long time who, who's who's still a chef, uh, and he's opening a restaurant in uh, Clint, Clinton you know, Hill. Andrew, right? Andrew Berman. Yeah, we yeah. know Andrew, yeah. Um, and so we actually decided to get this project going. I mean, Sam has obviously wanted to open a brewery of his own for a, a long time, and uh, that's something I've you know wanted to do. and. Is com- or it's completely unqualified to do, um, but I know food, and Andrew knows food, and Sam knew beer really well. And we did a, a pop-up restaurant in Soho um, with uh, a guy named Joel Tompkins, uh, who used to do the Coach Peaches uh, Supper Club, and we did a couple nights of that, and did four or five courses, and Sam brewed some amazing beer, special for each course and you know nothing pretentious it was just fun you know we i was working part-time at court street grocers uh and they had some really cool stuff on the shelf um that we brewed some beers with and it went over really well it got a really good reception and um all three of us love food so, uh, so Matt, you're, you're another uh really uh, a brewer who had a background in food and mm-hmm. actually just we have a calling guest now uh, just coincidentally um, if you guys have heard of the Koshon Five 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 event, you know it's like was it five chefs, five farmers, and and five five pigs, one, I <laughs> pigs think. or something. Uh, Brady, look, Brady, are you online? I am. I am. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, man. So tell us about what you're doing with Koshon Five 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 this year, because we know you have a, a a thing with Goose Island. You're doing a, a beer component too. Yeah, totally. Um, and the general scope of the of the tour is that we do 17 events a year all dedicated to talking about heritage free pigs and it's been a gateway for you know artisan handmade purpose you know people making things with purpose and passion and you know and every year we we team up with great winemakers and uh brewer um in each city and we've had a, a national partner each year but we also bring in a local uh, beer buddy, and I've had a real good opportunity to, to taste my way and get kind of selfish and kind of see who's doing the coolest stuff in each city and bringing them into the event and having to be like the, the beer for the chefs and judges. So it's a, it's a, it's a culinary competition at, at heart. You know, we put five chefs together. We give them all one whole Heritage Reef bag. They get seven to ten days to do whatever they want with it. Um, no creative um, you know, boundaries. So they have full license to to go nuts, and they show up with uh, about a thousand pounds of pork and service to about four hundred. Well, Brady, I tell you, man, we I mean, we we all know about Koshal and five five five. If you know about culinary and you know about anything, 
you know about it. You've done a great job. Uh, maybe next year you let us at Beer Sessions Radio help you with some beer pairings. How about that? I, uh, I think you guys should come try it this time. <laughs> Who are your chefs this year, Brady? Um, we've got Seamus Mullen from uh, Tertulia. Rock on. We've got uh, David Standridge from Market Table, which came. Uh, he's working with uh, Joey Caponaro. Um, so those guys kind of are awesome. We've got uh, uh, Frank Langello from Babo. Great. And those guys are uh, going after it. Um, we've got two more. Um, I should always get on the lineup. All right. Thanks, Brady. Um, but, Brady, it's awesome. We're, we're losing you a little bit, but um, thanks so much for calling. And everybody, uh, Koshon555, check it out, U.S. Tour. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, checking out New York City. Sorry, our line's kind of not doing so well, but thanks a lot, man. Thanks oh, for no. calling in. Okay. All right. Rock guys. on, buddy. Thank Bye. you so much. All right. Cheers. So, uh, so Matt just poured a beer. What? Uh, what is this? This is our. Um, this is our IPA, West Coast style. Awesome. IPA. I love some of that too. Yeah, but let's, I mean, I hate to cut Brady off, but yeah, I mean, Coastal Five 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 is a really cool event. You know, many of us do food events and look to that as a model. It's amazing that they were to take something and, and make it a national thing and he's got such great chefs i went to it a couple years ago it was a a lot of fun. yeah no it's it's he's had some great new york city chefs involved and uh that was really cool that that he called in and and thank you brady but for real like we would love to like come out to your coach on 555 and do do some more beer stuff especially when when you're in new york city um and everybody check that out um Justin, do you know about Kosher on 555? i do i went to the one in dc uh a couple years ago and it was a blast um, I actually worked at it. I was serving uh, kind of ball jars that we're drinking out of right now, uh, full of ice and uh, Luxardo uh, maraschino cherries and whiskey, and it was amazing. Wow. A lot yeah. of people got drunk that I know day. a lot of chefs that I know, like Peter Hoffman, it was Savoy, now he's back 40. You know, he, he did it a couple years ago. And they also always have uh, regional farmers. Like, we have a good friend in Chicago um, that was one of the the Kosher and Five by Five chefs. So yeah, they always have really high quality. Yeah, chefs it's it's really amazing, amazing events. Yeah, and we don't mean to. We, we really couldn't hear him on the. Yeah, I think we had the some calling, technical but, issues. <laughs> but we're we're so happy he called in. And Nico, you know, so many things are coming up, including New York City Beer Week. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to our, our annual event, New York City Brewers Choice. You know, this year we're part of Growing NYC's Regional Grain Project. We've got farmers making special grain uh, from malt, and, and a lot of the chefs, Oma Gang. You know, different brewers, uh, Oma Gang and, and Empire, and a lot of people are making special beers for that. Um, anything you're looking forward to uh, with New York City Beer Week? Yeah, I, uh, I just did an interview with uh, another great beer journalist, uh, Josh Bernstein, and uh, I did an interview with him for Edible Brooklyn. And he's actually going to have a tour of these lagering caves that were once used by uh, Nassau Brewing Company. Um somewhere in brooklyn undisclosed location but uh they're currently they're going to have a tour down there and uh, he's going to be serving loggers from no, th- kelso that's a great event in fact um he's bringing a guy down from from maine from yeah from bunker, bunker right bunker, bunker, bunker yeah, yeah. you know so he's able to do a lot of cool things but but tell me more about this space so it's like there's an old you know cave in brooklyn where they used to logger beer i know where it is you know where it is, Sam? Tell don't, us. Don't, I'm not gonna don't. Tell anybody. I'm not going to disclose. But <laughs> Sworn to secrecy. But I live very, very close to it. Josh will be on. I just got an email from Josh um, 
saying that he'll be on uh, March 4th with Bunker on the show. So you can tell us all about it then. It's after the fact, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's March 1st, I think, the event is. Right. No, and actually, uh, to, to full disclosure, I mean, Josh Bernstein's so awesome and reached out and said, hey, you should have, you know, Bunker Hill Brewing come to Jimmy's. And we actually talked to him, and we tried to, to hook him up with a, a local distributor so he could get a, you know, a New York State uh, license. He wasn't able to do that. So uh, we do look forward in the future to having, you know, guys like Bunker Hill. And that's one thing about New York City Beer Week. You know, it, it's for me, it was New York City, New York Craft Beer Week. It, it always was a time when... Different people came to the city, and it's it's always evolved. But it's still like this year. It's like wow, there's new New York City breweries, and there's a lot of guys from New York State and the region coming down too. So, looking forward to that. And the one thing again about Brewers Choice is that you know this is our event. It's it's we celebrate our, our it'll be our fourth year of, of hosting the show, 200th episode. Dave brought it from Blind Tiger, and now all these worthy burger and kitchens in Vermont. You know he reaches out to a lot of brewers, and there's just so many brewers now in, in the New York City and New York State region. I mean, we're gonna have 25 brewers, but you know there could be 100. I mean, isn't isn't that crazy? I mean, Sam, I mean, what do you think about New York State brewing? I mean, how many how many of those beers would you actually want to drink? There's a lot of them now, and, and five years ago it wasn't the case. I know I can't, that's a I, radical statement, but it's true. I, I can't really even keep track of how many breweries are on there, but. Um, there's a lot, and everybody's making – well, not everybody, but the vast majority are, are making good beer. Um, I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great event. I love – I mean, there's two great events. There's Brewer's Choice coming up, um, and then obviously there's the opening party, which is going to be in Grand Central at, in Vanderbilt Hall, which is That's totally, gonna be pretty special, totally yeah. crazy. So, yeah. What are, you, what are you guys exactly doing for, uh, for Beer Week? Um, at this point – it's not what exactly we're doing isn't completely set in stone, but we are going to be doing an event with uh, BGH in Brooklyn. Um, What's that bar? Bar Great Harry in Brooklyn. Oh, awesome! Um, they're they have been big supporters of us so far, which is great. Um, we're going to do an event with Proletariat um, on Wednesday of Beer Week. I don't remember the dates, and then we're also going to be doing an event with Beercraft. Um, so, and all, all three of those places have been big supporters of us so far, which we really appreciate. We're trying to get our brew about four or five more beers before that happens so that we can show up with a pretty good lineup of stuff and not just, you know, the four beers, five beers we have out right now. So one, one we're going to take a short break, but quick question. Okay. You have a beer called Doug and it's, you call it Cascadian Dark Ale or the, what ha- how did that name come about? Like, what happened? To, was it Black IPA? What the hell is a Cascadian Dark? It's not a short answer. It's a it's a Black IPA. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a Black IPA, and we called it that because um, I'm from the Northwest originally, and I wanted to make a beer that kind of it's the only beer we're going to make that represents that, and that and that is really why. Tell you what, the BG, whatever the the judging board is, they should change the name back to Black IPA. Right, Nika. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of just hybrid <laughs> stuff going on. Um, yeah. Hey, we're out here a snowy day. It's a snow snow holiday in New York City. Most people aren't driving. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. We all made it out. Hope you stay with us. We'll take a short break. Be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. You're listening to Easy Riding Child by Brothers NYC on heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we're in the middle of a debate, uh, kind of a beer geeky debate, but hey, what's Cascadian Dark Ale and what's Black IPA? We've got Nico Kremitis, Justin Kennedy, and uh, Matt and Sam from Other Half Brewery. So, Sam, what, what was the question again? Uh, we're discussing what the difference between a Black IPA and uh, Cascadian Dark Ale is. I personally think there's no difference, and... Uh, this, you know, the the beer we make is is called Doug. It's a Cascadian Dark Ale. If you want to call it Black IPA, fine. But we call it Cascadian Dark Ale. And to me, it's a beer that is um, it's supposed to be an IPA that's black. Um, we we intentionally try to keep any roast component to the absolute minimum we possibly can because, it, you know, once 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 the beer's roasty, you just have a really um, well hopped porter or or stout. So. You know, for me, that's 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 what it is. It's a it's an IPA that is just. Dark well, why was there, there was a debate like a few years ago? People started making black IPAs, and then whatever the national beer judging group said, it has to be called Cascadian Dark Ale or something. Does anyone want anyone want to talk about that? Just I don't know why exactly, but it, my understanding was that it was just an issue with uh, black IPA is kind of a contradiction in terms. I mean. You know, IPA is India pale ale. Black is not a pale color, so that's where that comes from, I think. Uh, Sam, I just think that's too much time spent thinking about it. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's it's two names for uh, I think the same style of beer. And I, why why do we have to you know pigeonhole? Like let's have fun with it. Like, yeah. If you want to call it a Cascadian, go for it. Yeah, I, I just you know, and, and writing about some of the stuff, it's it just seems like. You know, there's so many like hybrids going on, and you know, an IPA that's kind of like a weed IPA, but more so, it just gets. I feel like it just gets too confusing. You know, it's just. Ale. I do, I do. I, I actually Hobby like ale. when I see black IPA, I kind of know what it is, and uh, I'm I'm in favor of calling it black IPA. So, but I'm just easy beer drinker. Yeah, that's that is that's totally great. There's no <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I like L. I just like L. This is a nail. Here you go. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> I think uh, Brian Stillwater is always, you know, talking about not labeling his styles and what types of beer he makes. So I, I think it's okay to not say exactly. Well, I, I definitely doing. like when when new small breweries label their beer like it's a Doug. Like after a while, I'll be like, let's have the Doug, and I think that's that's a way of setting yourselves apart, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, ultimately that name is. If you want to know what the name is and and yeah. why and why the whole beer is why it's called Cascadian Dark Ale is, um, I, wa- I just I really wanted to do one beer that that speaks to the fact that I'm from the Northwest originally, and this is a style that's really was popularized in the Northwest, and because it had been called Cascadian Dark Ale, I wanted to go with that instead of Black IPA, 
Um, Doug is so there's this kind of semi-serious movement on the west coast to have a country called Cascadia which is the entire region of it's uh, British Columbia, Washington and Oregon west of the Cascades and that's that's it and then they have a flag is that where when there's like some earthquake that will all be wiped out you're gonna fall (laughs) off the coast yeah exactly Um, west coast guys cheers to you guys come on yeah hanging on as long as we can um, and don't forget, guys. There's a snowstorm outside, and we're we're hanging out here. We're in the very warm cubicle known as the Heritage Radio Network Studios. And, and again, if you want to support the, uh, it, you can be a member. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Nico Kremitis, Justin Kennedy, Matt, and Sam from Other Half Brewery. Um, right now, what are we drinking, Sam? This is pretty awesome. This is our IPA. This is probably our only year-round beer at this point. Um, it's. West Coast style IPA, a lot of pine and citrus character, and should have a little bit of a, a, I'd say, a medium malt backbone to it. Nico, you know you've you've been to so many uh, Long Island and, and and New York beer bars, and you've tasted so many you know beers. And uh, what do you look for, you know, from a new brewery to set say why why don't I just buy Sierra Nevada Lagunitas or something else? Yeah. Why would you want to drink? other half if you're in New York City. Well, I think it's also, too, supporting local, like we talked about before, um, the freshness debate. You know, if I can if I can walk from Clinton Hill, where I live, to, um, you know, Carroll Gardens to get a beer and support somebody that's paying rent, working hard in that neighborhood to make it better, I'm going to choose that. And, uh, you know, that's just personal, you know, I guess personal how I feel about things. But, um... You know, but then again, it's uh, I can go to my bodega and pick up a six pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as well. So it it kind of goes both ways. Um, you know, bottom line, as long as you make good beer, I'll support you. That's awesome. Cheers to that. Well, I, I think does the freshness thing matter? That's another thing. I mean, we've got beers coming from Europe. You know, beers from the West Coast. Uh, you know it. Does, does local beer offer a freshness option that others don't, or well, with they're I, all stuck in the distribution pipeline? With IPAs, for sure. I mean, that's um, I, I would I would rather run out of IPA than have old IPA sitting around. I don't. That's it, that's one of the. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is you know, old IPA it just starts to the hops drop out. It starts to be less representative of what you wanted it to be to start with. Do you think you'll see more of what Stone is doing, I guess, now with the uh, Enjoy By series? Do you think there'll be certain breweries kind of labeling like, hey, this IPA is not fresh after this date. Don't drink it. Uh, I don't I don't know if that'll happen because I think that's, um, uh, you know, Stone Stone is a, they're a big brewery. They have a lot of, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot of money. They sell a lot of beer. Um, I think that they can do that safely. I think it would be. You know, I think a lot of other breweries might be reticent to do that because if they have beer on the shelf that's past that, that's that's a, becomes a problem. And it, I think it's you know it's a it's common sense. If it's an IPA and it's close by, drink it and drink it soon. And I think you know, enjoy by is a great way to sell a lot of beer and have it be consumed very quickly so that you buy more of that beer. Sounds like a TV ad kind of. But we, li- I do like those beers a lot. But I, I think, uh, and I think, 
Russian River does is they do like a brood on date or a bottled date for like Pliny the Elder and yeah. some of the other ones. And I, I'm kind of a coffee guy too, and I enjoy seeing on a bag of coffee like the roast date. And I think like a brood date for a local brewery would be great. I, I understand what you're saying, Sam, that it might be uh, you know against like their best interest to do that but i would appreciate that for sure well i mean most i mean most people have ke- their kegs list the brew date um it's just that most people don't see that or the pack packaging date but, but which it's, is, well know, again i would say again it's like the point is that we're bringing in fresh kegs and our job as bar owners is to move them and or, or bottle shops and everything and uh you know that seems a big goal but another thing okay you guys are, are making beer just give us a quick, like you know, synopsis of what do you do every day? Because that's always the question. Uh, let's say you started this morning. Just give us a little bit of the day in the life of print. Sam and Matt. Print, print, come in, look at how much, how many things there are still left to do, and will always be left to do, and feel overwhelmed. Then uh, go print some invoices. Figure out if we have deliveries, if we have to bring beer, where we have to bring it, who we should go to first. Then. Uh, you know, at, at this point now, it's just getting the brew schedule down, figuring out how the two of us, and we do have help from uh, a friend of ours, Anthony, as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just it's just Sam and I trying to figure out how to make enough time to get it all done. So so unglamorous. It's us cleaning kegs and driving around in a truck, dropping kegs off. We spend a lot of time in the truck. Yeah. A lot of time together in a truck. Do you have a four by four? We do. <laughs> All right. And Nico, for you, I mean, you've, you've visited so many breweries and bars. What are some of the, the, the positive parts of the experience? Like, what do you look for when you go into a, a, a new brewery, or what do you like about it? Creativity and, and the story behind it. I always like to, you know, I, th- I think more so I feel like I write about people and not about beer. So I feel like, you know, behind the beer, there's always going to be a person that's creating the recipes and kind of you know, who, who created that space. So, uh, you know, always I like to go into a place and, and just find out what exactly the story is behind it. And, uh, I feel like that's what makes it so special is that, you know, I can walk in my neighborhood to my local brewery and find out exactly what's going on or just have a good relationship with my, you know, with my local brewer. Okay. And to wrap it up, um, everybody in the room, other than other half beer, uh, what is the, favorite beer you've had recently nico um wow um i'll let justin go first so this way i can think about this <laughs> well i just came back from uh from arizona i bought some beer out there that's not from arizona but it's from colorado it's from a brewery called odell's and it was a fernet bronca barrel aged porter and it was freaking amazing all right matt anything other than other half that you've had recently that you like i, I drink a lot of other half um I guess the last thing I bought was a bottle of Ale Smith Speedway Stout. Amazing. Um, which I've always really enjoyed and I've always kind of looked up to the way that they brew beer and as a role model. But uh, that's that's what I – I drank that with uh, – my wife and I drank a bottle of that last night. All right. And so you have an ale wife. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> oh, she, she knows she, she likes as much beer. about beer as I do. That's for sure. No, I've actually – one thing I'll say about my wife. I do have a wife. But um, she's actually over the last couple of years – She's she's more open to beer than she used to be, which is pretty awesome. Sam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I I don't know. Um, <laughs> my I will say this to you, if we're into wise. My wife is a big IPA and sour beer lover. Um, as far as what I've had recently, 
Uh, probably the best thing I've had recently was the uh, Styriana up at Peekskill. That was a really nice beer. It's a hybrid lager, Brett fermentation nice. beer. That was a good beer. And Nico. Yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, speaking of Peekskill, um, I think there's been at least like four or five instances in the last month where I've been somewhere and I, I see Eastern Standard on tap and I just don't even bother looking at the rest of the draft board. It, it has been. That's why Jimmy and I were drinking <laughs> last Friday. Nagy was going through the list at, uh, at Jimmy's and. She it's was so like, good. you want to try this new and this new? And I was like, nope, I just want a peak, uh, peak scale. It has been beer. my our go-to beer for yeah. a while now. And also, I will say, uh, let's just make a cheers to everybody, because we have so many great brewers now in New York City and New York region. And uh, everybody else, so if you haven't been to New York City Beer Week, come check us out. It's going to be uh, February 21st to like March 2nd. A lot of things going on. And, of course, our special event, New York City Brewers Choice. Uh, best brewers in the region serving their best beers. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So... Guys, thanks for coming out and listening. Uh, anything else we should say, Justin? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I didn't do the things this week, so. <laughs> Time for pizza. It's true. We're going to hang time out at Roberta's and get some food. But it's really great having, especially Matt and Sam, because you know every time a, a new brewery opens in New York City, which doesn't happen too often, but like you know, Single Cut in, in, in Queens is really coming into its own now. And uh, you guys. And Finback's opening soon as well. So there's, there's a lot going on in New York City for beer. And we're really trying to be supportive of that. And that's also why you should check out New York City Beer Week. You were going to say that every time a brewery opens in New York City and Angel gets its wings? Is that what you were You're going awesome. <laughs> I think we're going to have seven new ones this year. Is what I, I think heard. we're going to have like ten more interviews with Sam and Matt and Nico. So, uh, again, New York City Beer Week is coming up. Check it out, NewYorkCityBeerWeek.com. Opening night bash. This is really actually pretty cool. If you've ever been to Grand Central Station in New York City, uh have you ever had a beer event there? No. And it will be this year. Again, NewYorkCityBeerWeek.com. And, of course, our special event, New York City Brewery Choice. A big shout-out to Dave Broderick, longtime owner of Blind Tiger. He's curated a lot of the beers over the last few years. He'll be on next week, Jimmy. So. Yep, and he's up in uh, Vermont now. He's open, Worthy Burger, Worthy Kitchen. For real, if you want to meet a guy who knows about beer, you got to get to meet Dave Broderick. Come to NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com, February 26th. Uh, it's probably the ultimate... Uh, Local beer and food pairing experience in New York City. And some of the brewers so far, this other half, Carton, Keegan Ales, Tommy Keegan, Rushing Duck, Greenport Harbor, Captain Lawrence, Scott Ficaro, Grim Artisanal, Oma Gang, Phil Linehart, Barrier Brewing, there's so many guys. Jeff O'Neill is giving a keynote speech, and there's a lot of great food, including Luke's Lobsters and other things. I'm only pushing it because I think what happens is that there's so many beers out there, and there's a lot of beer fests, but New York City Brewers Choice is not a beer fest. It's a the ultimate beer night. And if you like Savor, which is like the national event, it was in D.C. and New York, New York City Brewers Choice is the, it has been doing that. And, and I think, Nico, you agree with that. Is that we, we put our all into that, and you know the brewers turn out with their best beers. And this year, many of them are making uh, beers with, with regional grain projects, with Grow NYC. Um, I'm not trying to sell it more than I'm saying, hey, it's something, if you don't know about it, you should know about it. Because... We put a lot of love into that. Where is it this year, Jimmy? Uh, this year, it's, a, it's our good friends at the Wife Hotel, which is one of the coolest places very in cool Williamsburg, space, huh? Brooklyn. Uh, they're very supportive of it. So uh, them and Grow NYC. Again, this this re- we're going to do a couple of shows about it, but the Regional Grains Project. Imagine that these people had a vision that, wow, let's have New York State farmers grow old traditional grains and then have someone turn them into malt and then have brewers make beer from that. And... Uh, I don't know if you if 
We have a lot to say about that. Yeah, um, I actually just covered something for Edible that uh, Kelso is actually doing. Uh, we're doing a collaboration called Edible Ale, and it's going to be a seasonal beer using primarily New York sourced ingredients that's going to rotate every quarter. Um, but yes, yeah, 75% of the first beer is uh, from New York, and we're hoping to donate it to you know local charity. Yeah, and we, Matt, go for it. We're closing up, but we have. No, you know, we're not closing up. It's one more hour, guys. Come on. You know, we, we just we did get our we got a farm brewery license. I mean, that's something that we're we're big time pushing for um, because we want to use New York State product. We want to bring the agriculture back up in the state hops. Uh, grain is really the the bottleneck there, but um, you know, we got this license because it helps to support you know local state stuff and that's great that Kelsey's doing that i mean that's that's what everybody in, in the city should be doing we all have uh, a unique opportunity to kind of showcase i'll tell you what you, you guys are coming back because uh we we know there's a new brewery also called gun hill brewery in new york um i know that new york Bronx, state wants right? they want to talk a lot about uh the farm brewery license we have a lot to talk about between now and february 26 i, I um i can only say that if you really care about, you know, the mix of what what is beer? It's agriculture and and you know food and so many things. Beer, beer really stands out. Beer's up there with wine in in in, in my mind, and uh, a lot's happening this year in New York. So keep listening because a lot of good shows are coming up. And I'll have to do a sign out. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors at GreatBrewers.com, and also to our friends at the Good Beer Seal. Uh, check us out anytime. Most of you listen on iTunes, and uh, you can also archive us on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks to uh, Brady from Koshon555, a great event. Matt, Sam, Nico, and Justin for joining me here on Heritage Trade Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. And as always, thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Maggie Seiden, and Justin Kennedy. And thanks for engineers tonight. Evan, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.